Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 129. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me live from our Gold Coast studios, it's Scott. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be on the line. Uh, yes, I'm currently uh, at the Gold Coast. Uh, it's been a painful 24 degrees and not one cloud in the sky kind of day. So uh, we've had an amazing day walking the beaches, having good fire pizzas. Uh, yes, yeah, just generally enjoying the sun. And yeah. That sounds yeah. awful, man. Yeah, that sounds real bad. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, but uh, yes, we. Uh, I flew up here directly after the game, and when I say directly after the game, I really mean it. Uh, I mean, you so, left uh, from the seat, <laughs> basically. Yeah, well, it, it was very, very awkward. So we we booked a flight at about 5.40 at Palomarine and um, at one point the, the, the time was 3.30 and I had to actually still pick up my wife out of work uh, and and I just had to go and unfortunately there was five minutes left in the game and I didn't I didn't even know what had happened for most <laughs> for almost the next half an hour so I had to kind of quickly revisit it uh, and watch the last five minutes again and celebrate a Bombers win finally so uh, yeah, so it was an eventful day. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and watching it, you know, watching that last five minutes again uh, didn't didn't <laughs> didn't sort of rest my heart at all because uh, it was one of those games where it was it was a mistake on and and uh, if you uh, look at the last five minutes, I, I I was in disbelief. So I hadn't watched any vision right. So I'm watching later that night. Uh, I'm in my hotel in, uh, right late at night. Sort of look, I'll watch the last five minutes. Before my eyes, <laughs> with a minute to go, I see Will Snelling mark the ball 25 metres out on a 45-degree angle, going, oh, well, you know, <laughs> me not knowing, oh, well, you know, this is obviously how we win by seven points because oh, we're up by oh, six Will. and he's going to kick a point. Uh, little did I know that he decided to pass the ball with six points up and a minute to go and not kill the game and just score. Uh, and little did I know that Zara is calling for the pass. Uh, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I see Truck's reaction on the replay. <laughs> like, oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, is that uh, is that head in the hands type stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's like the what just happened. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. I'm sure they'll have an amusing talk about it during the week. But guys, like, with a minute to go, if you got the ball 25 out and you're six points up, Kill the game. Yeah. <laughs> Just come on, man. You, you, you're employed to do that job. You're a goal kicker. You're well within range. It's a reasonable sort of an angle, but it's the end of the game. Just go back, yeah. slot a sausage, and seal the game. Yes, it's 95% chance you're going to score something, uh, and that something kills the game. So let's not, let's not pass it to right angles again, ever again. <laughs> so look at uh, it was one of those games, like if you watch the second quarter and the halfway through the third quarter, it was some of the most comical football you've ever seen. And, yeah. and, and you know, and Truck after the game, I think he actually called it correctly. He said, you know what, to be honest, in general play, Fremantle had much greater general play than us. Uh, they were playing the better football, the more straight down the line, uh, much better ball movement. They looked more threatening. Um, thankfully for us, in that first three quarters, they had missed some easy shots. Um, but to our credit, and I will say this, 
I thought Fremantle was on top of the game. They were leading at three-quarter time. I was a bit concerned because we're a side historically that loses that game. Absolutely. And and then for some reason, I want to say, actually, I won't say for some reason because this group is really showing this. We put in one of the best pressure quarters uh, this year. Uh, it still wasn't pretty football by any means. No. But that was so much pressure we applied uh, in that last quarter. It literally just willed us a win. And, and it's what uh, like, we needed. It's what we needed at that yeah. time. It's really good to see the club knowing what needs to happen. But when I say the club, I mean the players. knowing, And they would have been told by Truck and all those guys. And But knowing what needs to happen. And they need to generate turnovers. They need the pressure. And they've got the... They've got the energy, they've got the um, tank left to be able to put that pressure on and make the mistakes that then allows us to get on top again. That, again, it's massively encouraging to see. Yeah, and I, when you're talking about a guy like Will Snelling, he's a classic case of a guy who had a really uh, out-of-form game and out-of-character game, I'll even say, because I reckon he's been in ripping form. But he had one of those games, he was 44% efficiency right, just did a lot of mistakes. But you know, he's a classic example of what I'm talking about because it, have a look at the pressure acts over every player on that field on both sides. He leads by far. He has 30 pressure acts uh, in that game. So it's nuts. I, I, yeah, I'll still, I'll still applaud a guy who, yes, had just one of those games where nothing went right, but he willed himself to get the to get his side a win, and and that's what a lot of guys did. Um, even there's even moments with Saharakis. Actually, did quite a lot of uh, heavy tackling and pressure, and Coxie did as well when he came on as a sub. There was a lot of, you know, Parrish was, and Merritt were trying to get the ball turned over and get it going our way. We just willed ourselves a seven point win. And, you know, it, it spoke of real hunger from a young group, and, and that's what you want. You want to see there are games, no matter what, no matter what team you are, I've seen Richmond this year, right? Play Geelong, play second half and do nothing right. Uh, they turned over the ball consistently. Um, it, it happens. Teams are going to have moments where just nothing goes right. Yep. But the good teams win, still learn how to win through hard work. And that's a big lesson for us, you know. So to have that hunger to say, no, we're not losing a close game again. We're going to will this win. Uh, in a deeper sense, I'm very, very proud of the group that they accomplished that. Uh, and because that was several, we were playing a team that had double the amount of wins that we had. Yeah, uh, they yeah. were knocking on, they were talked about as a possible, you know, eighth and seventh finals team. Um, and, you know, they've got some high talent, you know. Uh, their top five players, you know, as good as nearly in most other teams' top five players. So, so um, yeah, all credit to them. Um, and you know what, just quietly, can I just also mention one other subject? I'm quietly thrilled that Truck stuck up for Merritt after the game. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. And just saying it's not on um, with the treatment he's getting. Uh, and I think it's good for Merritt for, to hear that from the coach as well, uh, to to have that kind of, uh, I think it's a, I should say, it's a, it's a refreshing new approach. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you wouldn't have heard anything from the uh, previous administration, would you? No, it would have been all very safe and all well, you know, that happens and, you know, uh, but truck called it out because it had been happening for about three weeks in a row now. And it's not just run with, 
right? Yeah. It's not just run with. It's yeah. There's tagging. I'll accept tagging. Yeah. But the, uh, but cheap shots behind the play. No. No, nah, it's, it's not, weak. That. It's weak, and it, it shouldn't be part of the game anymore. Like, I understand ankle taps, and anybody born in the 80s understand ankle taps, and, I mean, Danny Frawley built an entire career on the, on that sort of stuff. But um, what, the, what they're doing to Zach just speaks to how much they are concerned him, about yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> how much they rate him, how much they're concerned about him and his influence on a game of footy. And then they also realise they ain't got anybody to be able to match him, so they've got to punch him. And that's, that's, that's weak, in my opinion. And that's what I think Truck was talking about when he was saying it wasn't on, because... Truck's a dour defender from way back, mate. He understands the importance of a run with football. I mean, sticking to sticking to your opposition player like glue. That's they teach that in under nines, right? So, but it's the it's the elbows and it's the intentional um, falling into a player that's on the ground. I'm looking at you, you dirty monolith in in Shane Mun- uh, What's his name, Mumford? Um, yeah. Dropping the knees, yeah, 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 dropping the knees like a dirty big Godzilla. Um, that sort of stuff ain't on, and it's it's great. It's it's good to see Truck um, coming out and saying something. Now, is uh, Uncle Gil going to come out and go, "No, you know what, Truck, you're right." Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that Gil's going to walk out and say, "Good point, mate," and then make some rule changes and stuff. But it's on the record. Um, it's on the record for the jury to hear, um, and uh, it's good to see um, Truck sticking up for him. And his messaging on the star players getting a more, we want to see the star players have a run at the footy. Uh, he said that right, and I'm going to talk about our arch enemy, right, with Carlton, right? I remember a game where Cripps literally got mauled um, at the centre bounces and nothing was getting called. And that was just, it was like close to almost tackling him to try and stop him yeah. to get the ball. And, and it was ugly because the guy deserves a right to have a pass to the football. You can tag a guy, you can you can be right beside him, but I think we want to have a you know, a, a clear understanding of of getting these guys free kicks. And to the credit, you know, with the merit game on Fremantle, they umpires saw it and then instantly was a fifty or free kick, right? So they they handled it how I expect. They they saw it, they acted on it, and we even kicked a goal out of one of it. Yep. Um with with a fifty. So, you know, well done to them for picking up on it. And, and acting on it, but yeah, it's uh, I'm, it, it's just great to have a head coach start calling things out uh, yeah. and and having a bit of a backbone with the club because I I think it kind of matches the backbone we saw with Brasher early on, and I think and that's what we want. We don't have to go ape, we don't have to embarrass ourselves, but if we see something we don't like and and we're supporting a player, let's call it out. Yeah, you and get it you get it on the um on the record, and then like you said, yeah, it's not- exactly. The umpire's going to look for it again, like this week, because it's on the record, right? He's going to go, well, we'll have a look at Zach Merritt and see how he's getting treated, yeah. and they're going to look at look for it, and they're going to pick it up. So uh, I'm I'm wrapped the club here, but look, I, I, as far as the game, and and you know, we'll go for a break soon and, and talk about kind of individual individual players. Hey, put down the mai tais, put down the mai tais, and concentrate. Will you? <laughs> Sorry, uh, as I yeah, I'll put down the cocktail. Um, and he's on the Bundy rums. <laughs> yeah, so look, as a game, it's. It's not going to be one of those name a game DVDs you're going to buy, um, but um, <laughs> the round eight, the round eight Essendon <laughs> Fremantle. Imagine the guy in the AFL. Can I get the uh, round eight? Uh, you what? Um, you're not going to. You'll, so, you'll probably find that in the uh, JB Hi-Fi bargain bin yeah. for about eight bucks fifty. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, it wasn't. You know, there's not much I can report, but I think what I've 
you know, what I mentioned before about the resilience and, and willing to win, I'm wrapped for that. And we get, you, sometimes you just move on. You've got North, North Melbourne coming up this week. Another team that we're expected to beat. Yep. But they, they're coming off a win. So, they, you know, you expect them to come out with a bit more confidence than normal. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, they, they got their tails up. Um, and they've got, they've got probably what I would call is the top three ruckmen in the AFL. Um, who can be very, very influential. So we've got to we've got to be on our guard for this one and, and play some professional football and get over the line. All right, man. Now, do you trust me to uh, press a button to see if we can go to a break? <laughs> see if we can go to a break. All right, let's see if we can do it. Yes. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Uh, On the buttons is Grantos. Now, um, just running through um, a few of the players, um, Scotty, and how they performed. Sitting on top of the pack... With another thirty-nine possession game is, or near enough to forty, is um, Darcy Parish. The bloke, breakout Darcy, <laughs> mate, that, yeah, that's what that's what they should be calling him, breakout Darcy, mate. He's it's his season, man. Like he's he's got to be really nudging the um, the Crichton now. Him and Zach will be nudging the Crichton in a big way because it's it's the player that I reckon Essendon drafted. That this is the this is the kid that had a yeah, massive amount of now. talent. Yeah, yeah, like he the massive amount of talent. He was the right selection um to to pick where they got him and he's he looks like he knows what he's doing now. It's that it's like I kinda likened it to and this is decent sort of praise. I kinda likened him to when Tim uh, Tim Watson, that that'd be his dad, when Joe Watson turned up one year and he'd lost all his puppy fat and he had a serious look on his face and he turned in from a a bloke that can handball pretty well and getting 11 possessions to a bloke that got every possession in the entire world and looked like a Brownlow medalist and turned into one. So he's he's flicked whatever switch it is. He understands the game now and he understands what he needs to do. So massive breakout year. I couldn't be happier for, for Darcy. I really couldn't. No, exactly. He's, uh, I mean... He's had, you know, Collingwood game has had 42 possessions and he's had 39 this, this game. And that's he's, no uh, joke, man. That is nothing to sneeze that's about. serious ball gathering. And he and he's taking advantage of the attention on Merritt too. So he's he's understanding that Merritt's getting all the attention. So I'm free. Uh, yep. and, he, and, he's, and he's taking it. So Pinching uh, another goal. He, another goal is, is important. That's, that's big for him as well. Yeah. So look... Um, you know, overall, he's in my top three. Uh, he's probably third. Uh, he's probably You're going to need to explain that. You're going to need to explain that, mate. We'll, when we when we sort of when we get down to three, two, ones, maybe at the end, you're going to need to explain how Darcy Parish with thirty nine possessions and a goal <laughs> is sitting at number three. But we'll get to that. We will get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, look, we might even do our own three, two, ones. We haven't done that for a while. Um, right. we'll, we'll we'll do that maybe either at the end of this segment or the next. But um. Next one, uh, yeah, so, next one down the list, Nick Hind. Oh, ripping game. Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds funny because you, you don't want to sound childish and, and uh, with the guy that he replaced, right, who left the club. And you don't want to come across as like, ha, ha, ha. But unfortunately, the reality is Carlton Football Club 
our guy is playing twice as good as your guy. Better than your guy. Yeah, seriously. And that's just, that's just the reality without even any venom or anything like that or any childish silliness. He's just... Oop, Scotty. Where'd you go? We've lost Scotty. Hang on. You can hear me? There we go. Stop. Yeah, Stop moving. Don't touch the phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he's playing. He's playing out of his skin. Uh, so he's uh, uh, Heine's, You know it, what a revelation. I mean, I, I, he's playing better than he was in the VFL uh, halfback Heinz. Oh, where I thought easily. So um, and that's yeah. You know, that we just remember him playing halfback in the VFL, going oh well. You know he had some real dash and and got the ball fifteen twenty times. Yeah. Looked good, but now he's getting it twenty five times and and just. His competitiveness, man, is uh, him and him and Redmond, which I'll talk about later on. Yep. Uh, just the fire in their belly is what I really appreciate, mate. I was, I, they hate they hate losing. Absolutely. On the lunchtime catch up podcast Facebook page, one of our OG um, members on there, Mister Gary Dubella, um, has put up a very interesting comparison. He's gone onto the AFL website and he's gone to compare. And he's compared Nick Hines' stats to Adam Saad's stats. Check it out on the Facebook page if you if you can. It's very interesting reading. Probably poles apart. Mate, disposals, 24.1 to uh, Hindy, 19 to Saadi. Um, disposal efficiency, Sa- uh, Hindy's got him at 77 to 72. Kicks, um, 17 to 14, Hindy. Handballs six to four, contested possession six to five, uncontested sixteen to eleven, intercept possession uh, possessions. He's got him turnovers. He's got him. He literally is leading every. You don't probably don't want turnovers. He's got him, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Turnovers. He's got him. Well, but no, no, no. I'm serious. <laughs> turnovers. He's got him because it's less. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, turnovers four point two. He's playing with so much dare, and and he had. So much to our side that uh, I mean, it, it, I know this guy gets a lot of criticism, but I could have an argument, right, that the trading in of Nick Hind and getting pick eight Nick Cox for Adam Sard is one of the one of the greatest. Dodoro moments. <laughs> I, I, I rest my case. I, I've had yeah to have Nick Cox in that. And and Hindy basically for Saad is is uh well it's it's so over at the moment what I can foresee in the future with Nick Cox uh, that it's insane and you know it does my heart so so much fun mate if if Adrian <laughs> if Adrian's listening and I know he's a listener mate you you are the biggest of the big big red fire engines it <laughs> it's people do not give this guy as much credit as he deserves. All you hear is that oh, Essendon's hard to deal with, and absolutely you should be hard to deal with. But again, man, he takes Hindy um, out of pinches him back off St Kilda after St Kilda thought we'll pinch him off Essendon, pinches him back. Truck and the boys recognise talent when they see it. Chuck him down back to replace the run. We're not even trying to replace Sadi, just replace the run um, off off half back that was very good when we had um, the spot. Wow, that was a like a car doing a burnout or something. <laughs> yeah, we we are in the. Gold Coast, You're on the GC, baby. Yeah, we go. <laughs> Woo! Hollywood. Our hotel's next, our hotel's next to the Broadbridge. Broad there Beach, we uh, go. Trip, so, uh, 
No, nah, but yeah, look, yeah. Hindy to get that, and then for Nick Cox and and all those things for for Dodoro to pull that off, it, it's just I I dead said hope he's the highest paid person at the at the Essendon Footy Club because he just keeps finding him, and um, that trade is. I mean, yeah, you feel like he's nailed, nailed this draft too. By the way, just, oh. I mean Perkins Perkins looks pretty good, yeah. uh, and you, you can tell the long term. You know, the kids are like eighteen, nineteen, right? But you can already sell. You can already tell, sorry, um, he he's going to be a real player. Yeah, and, I and I've seen enough of Zach Reed. Um, and I know it's very hard because people only saw the one game, and it was a Brisbane Lions game where it was yeah, soaking it was down rain. Crap, it was yeah. Just, you know, but it, I can promise you, this guy in two or three years, and it will take a couple of years. You will have to be a bit more patient. Yep. But this guy can seriously play football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a real. It feels like. It just feels like a turning point, like because I, I mean, even Peter Wright was like, "Oh, is he going to work out? Is he just going to be a bust?" And that's yeah. what you know people were talking about. But he's competing every game. He's probably had his quietest game in, in reality in, in the Fremantle game. Yeah, but, true. But for, for most of the year, though, he's coming. He's been competing really well. Yeah. Um, and he's played. He's kind of gone uh, for me slightly above expectations. Yep. So every every time you win that trade, you your club gets stronger. So we've done now, well. Mate, now, mate, the next group of guys are sort of between 27 to 24 possessions. Um, Andy McGrath, Ridley, Heppel, and then Mason Redmond. We'll go, maybe the first three we'll have a quick chat about. They're all on 27 touches. Um, and then there's there's got to be a special chat about Mason Redmond at the end. So, I mean, we've got jo- Jordan, um, Ridley... 27 possessions, 90, 92% efficiency. Dyson Heppel, 27 at 81. Andy McGrath, 27 at 70. That's, that is some serious backbone of the club. They're the, they're the guys that you just rely on every single week to get you those 27 touches, high 20s, and if they can do it with, like, Ridley with 92% efficiency, then it's just it's, – it's that – next level down that allows Darcy Parrish to get 39 and merit when he's off the chain. Um, so a, a big game from those three guys. But if we, if we go on to Mason Redmond, because I want to, uh, I want to get, can, your I just, can, I just, can I just mention one thing? I just uh, agree with everything you just said. I just want to mention a quick thing about McGrath. Um, uh, so we discussed last week that I thought, you know, I actually said the comment, um, you know, I don't know anything about this, but it feels like the guy is playing through an injury, but is, but is well enough to play. Um, but just not, you know, it feels like he's playing at 80, 80% and not 100%. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting during that game on the interchange how much they were working on his groin. And then there was a play where he could not turn right with any power um, and actually almost had to pull up. And, and he grabbed his groin. Uh, and you won't see it on the TV. I just saw it live. Um, so now I'm not even questioning that he's playing through. And it was clear to me he went straight to the inter- interchange bench, started working on his groin consistently, trying to either release something or, or you know, um, uh, to get him more mobile. But, uh, you know, it, it gave me a new perspective, maybe on where McGrath's at, that we may have a guy that, He's just playing through an injury at the moment, and 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 that's why he's not as sharp or as, as explosive 
explosive as we're used to. Jeez, but it'd be I nice thought- to hear it. It'd be nice to hear it from the club because you've got a blokes like us banging on on a podcast. Have then got to speculate. No, oh, what's wrong with Andy? He's not doing the best as we think that he's up to, and and, and maybe he is running around with an injury. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I actually thought this was one of his better games. I think he had two moments where I kind of went, ah, you know, kind of like he didn't, he didn't look up uh, and just bomb the ball, and it was it was like a three against one kind of, and it was you know, but for I will say for most parts, he only had three turnovers in this game, so um, for most part, he actually did quite well, and I thought it was one of his, considering you know working on his groin the whole game. I thought it was one of his gutsiest games yeah. uh, that he's played this year, so I'll, I'll give him a bit of a shout-out. But let's get on to Red Dog, eh? Oh, mate. Mason, now, I was listening to um, Nick Rewalt and uh, Joey Montagna, and they did their 3-2-1 after the game. Nicky Rewalt came out with um, Mason Redman at number one. Now... He, Lee Montagna went off his tree. As in number one being best on ground. As being best on ground. Yeah, not sorry, number one, yeah. not the yeah, He'd been best on ground. Yeah, right, it's kind of the three votes, but he's best on ground, yeah. Yes, indeed, right? So you got the you got the three votes um, as best on ground. Lee Montagna um, went off his tree and said, how do you knock back 39 touches and a goal from getting the chockies, right? Um, and Nick made a very good point. Um, after I would like to point out, um, our my co-host made that point on our last podcast that sure, thirty nine touches is thirty nine touches, and it's a hell of a game of footy, and should be he would have got it's still good, yeah, mate. He would have got the pat on the back in a big way. His post game sort of review today or tomorrow, wherever it is with the coach, would have been mate. Not much sure I can sort of say anything to you after you've just racked up thirty nine. But the point that um, Nick Rewalt made, and it sort of is in complete agreement with you, mate, is the 27 from uh, Mason, was it? Let me just grab the statistics. 24. 24 possessions at 95% efficiency and a goal were more influential in the way that he moved the ball, his forward progression, um, his distance um, gained from running off half-back is worth more overall to the club than, and I don't mean to lessen the 39 possessions, but it's just worth more overall to the club. What do you reckon? Uh, Look, I tend to agree, and and, and I'll, I'll do it now. I'll give you what my three, two, and one was. So I had best on ground... Uh, just, just slightly. I had Nick Hind as the best player on the ground, right? But I had I had Redmond second, uh, and I got the same kind of feedback. They, like, oh, you know, because I, I gave Parish one, and I and obviously, you know, if you're a top three, I've obviously thought you played very well. Um, but I, I agree. I mean, uh, Parish obviously had ten turnovers, and that's that's a fair amount. Uh, and and he had a lot of little one meter handballs, and I just felt like. As far as impacting the game, I thought Redmond and Hind had more impact in us helping us to win, uh, whereas the other one, Parrish, had definitely some impact but was an accumulator and just not polished in that game uh, where uh, there was a bit of a cough-up of the footy. Um, yeah. But still but still played well. And I'm not, it's hard to – because you obviously feel like you want to say, look, I gave him in the top three players, but uh, – but yes, the argument for Redmond for me is ninety-five percent efficiency. Everything he touched was was turned to a positive outcome 
60-meter goal on the run, uh, you know, his effort, his one-on-ones, it, it just helps us out a tremendous amount. Um, and I just that's how I did my 3 2 one So I, I could not agree more. Yeah, mate. And again, would... Not surprisingly, we've got the exact same three, two, one. In my opinion, it's Nick. Nick Hind was he was he, he did all of the right things. He's he only gets caught every now and then when he thinks he might chuck on some afterburners, and not even he's quick enough to get away from a tackle. But um, he just did all of the right things. He was measured. He was quick when he needed to be. He still was in there looking for hardball gets and the like. So a, a massive, a massive game from Nick Hind, but. Red Dog is, I think you said this in the last podcast as well, this is the real Mason Redmond. This is, he's well and truly back from whatever was ailing the boy, um, and he's now well and truly back, and we can knock on, knock on, listen to this. That's me knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> we do sound effects. We haven't got a sound effect for that on the roadcaster, um, unfortunately, but we can just do it. We can do it live. Um, this is what I hope we get for the next sixty or seventy games in a row um, from Mason Redmond, and then on the seventy-first game he can have a week off. But um, no, no, he's, he's been he's had a tremendous year. Like he really has, and uh, his passion. And you know, there's one clip of us kicking a goal. And he's pumping his fist as he's sitting on the interchange bench. And you just go, no, you know, some players play it cool, you know. <laughs> and he's like a fan, like, pumping his fist. And you go, I love the guy. I love the guy. He bleeds red black. Uh, and, 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 and he loves the players. And yeah, I mean, if you, if you ever meet Redmond, it's one of the great things to do because he is, he is one of the nicest, most honest, blunt people you would <laughs> yep. ever meet. Yep. Um, and he's quite a character, uh, but he's as passionate as all get out. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, I'm so wrapped for him. Um, hey, can I, can I do something that you hate me doing and, and break, break a little bit of the order of the players? Um, yeah, sure. I want to talk about a guy who I actually think right now, and I'm going to, I know people think that this is biased, but I don't. I don't believe it is. Right now, is in the all Australian team. Um, big, big and, call, big call. And he, you match him up, uh, match up against anyone. He, he plays. He plays in the forward pocket. His name's Waller. Yep. Anthony McDonald, Sip and Woody. He's kicked twenty-two goals, six and nine games. He's had fifty-six score involvements over the over the nine games. Uh, he's at 74% efficiency over nine, nine games. He's just continually, every game, kicking two goals and and creating scores for the rest of the team. And I, I feel like I don't want to make... I want to make sure I'm not underselling how good this guy's been this year because he's, he legitimately um, has nearly competed in every game at a high level. And it's and obviously I'm not even mentioning his pressure act and tackles from behind and everything like that that comes with his game, but he's having by far for me his most consistent best year as an Essendon football player. Him and, um, him and Darcy Parrish is on the same page. They've this is a massive breakout year for Waller as well because remember remember over the last couple of years with Waller you've just got freakish Indigenous talent who you just you can't teach what the Indigenous boys have. When they have it, genuinely have it. You can't teach that stuff, right? So you get that out of Waller. But remember when Waller used to disappear? Like he used yeah, to... Yeah, he he'd, he'd go quiet for three weeks. Yeah, and, and it was always like, 
the it was so frustrating because he was so talented and and he, and he does so much. But I this is the year uh, where I felt like nearly every game he's kicked two goals or more and and given us something. Like yeah. there's been there's been a Waller presence nearly in every game. And I I don't know what his stats are. I think he may have had about seventeen or something like that. Uh, yeah, seventeen. Seventeen disposals, seventy percent, two goals. And that's exactly a forward pocket, man. You're not say, getting the ball me, a lot. Name me a better one at the moment. Name me a better uh, small forward at the moment. Well, I mean, if he's in the top ten of goal kickers, right? So, yeah. so he's a forward pocket. Um, so he's he's had just a tremendous year, and and I, I felt like, oh, this is a show. I I, I want to make a special effort to because this is the Walla I've been really, you know, hoping for, like the, the consistent Walla. Yep. Um, because it, we we're so much a better team for it. Uh, and when he's so up yeah. and about, when he's up and about, and he's he he wants to be involved, and he gets involved, there's not much people that can run with him. Like that's that's the thing. I mean, he's he's almost like, um, <laughs> something's just coming to my brain. Back when Scotty and I used to play basketball at the mighty Croydon Leisure Centre, um, <laughs> I used to I the Jets. Used, made the Jets. Come on now. Um, uh, Alex Sheldon, Alex will be listening to this. Alex, mate, that'll bring back a memory or two for you. Um, when I when we used to play at the Mighty Croydon Leisure Centre, the basketball for the for the Jets, I used to look at my co-host and say, "Shoot threes." I used to he used to be reasonably good on it, uh, good at it, the boy, and uh, it came from uh, an old netball ring that he had in his backyard, and he was shooting a netball with no. Geez, man, I'm letting out the secrets now, aren't I? Um, a netball into a netball ring with no backboard. So you had to go straight in the ring. Now I would look at Scotty and say, shoot threes because if Scotty gets off and gets going, ain't nobody going to stop his three pointers um, when they're going in. I must, I must admit if I was at the footy club, I would say the same to Walla, mate, get involved because if you touch the ball, there's nobody on the opposition that is going to get anywhere near you. They can't run with you. The only person that could run with him would no. be potentially Eddie Betts and the guy's not a defender, right? So the more Waller gets involved in the game, the better things happen. And it's for a while there, it was so goes Essendon, so goes Waller for a while there. When when he gets involved and gets a couple of goals and gets 10 or nearly 20 possessions, we end up winning games of football. So to see him so consistently week after week scoring goals and being involved and looking awfully dangerous, it's really, really great to see. And look, and also just quietly, uh, I don't know why, but every week I always see one play where he gets his head ripped off and we get so quick. Oh. That's just a side note as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, can we protect his head a bit more because uh, yeah, he, he's getting a few around the head. Big and, time. Uh, he could he get some love. Mate, just uh, another on the golf um, kicking front. Harry Jones, just a couple more for the young boy. Another couple he of does, goals. Yeah. Uh, I thought Harry... You know, I watched Harry for a bit in this game, right? Harry's the kind of player, it's a real joy to watch because uh, he can, it's hard to explain, but he runs and runs and runs and runs and tries to present multiple times in nearly every play. Uh, And not everyone works out and he's still got a skinny frame and not, but his work ethic is unbelievable yeah. if you watch it live. Just I, just anyone who goes there live, just, just watch him for five minutes and just hit just multiple leads, repetitive leads. Uh, and 
and his his opponent by the end of the match is must be buggered. Uh, What's the uh, goal uh, kicking stat? What's the goal kicking stat? Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's quite amazing, really, because he's obviously kicked zero goals, three, and had one out of bounds, and everyone's like, oh no, he comes Joe Denner part two, Um, (laughs) and since then he's kicked ten goals, one. Ten goals, Uh, one man. And it looks pretty, man. And like I, you heard me say it on the show. Uh, don't worry, don't, I'm not concerned at all uh, because that's just nerves. Because I see this kid all preseason, he doesn't miss, and yeah. it's gonna. And I knew it, uh, and I'm so glad he's backed that up. By the way, <laughs> so I was getting nervous. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a beautiful kick for goal, uh, uh, and it's very, very refreshing. Uh, I mean, that's why it is crazy. If you had Jones. Uh, Hooker and Waller, they're they're probably like a combined, you know, fifty-two goals, twenty kind of scenario uh, at the moment. So we actually do have quite good accuracy. Absolutely, and then also just a quick mention I want to make to uh, Braden Ham. Only had ten touches, but again chimed in for that goal. Um, He's got got himself a a ripping goal goal off his wrong foot. Big time, man. I'll tell you what, I, I, I very much thought when I saw him, I thought, well, here's another sort of Scotty Lucas. He's only got a left boot. It's a hell of a left boot, but he's only got a left boot. I'll tell you what, mate, that right boot that he sunk into the ball, that gave it a decent hoofing, like, through. But yeah, that, that, yeah, it was a surprise. It really surprised me because... Didn't just I'm dribble the sure, thing through. I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure he's got a massive powerful right foot, but no. I don't know if it's just adrenaline. Uh, but he's, he just connected perfectly with it. And, uh, and you know, he needed you – know, I'm so glad he had some uh, good fortune. I wish he could nail that goal right after him because we'd all be talking about the ham <laughs> takeover in the last quarter. Absolutely. Uh, uh, we just missed it, but it was an important point in the end. So we'll crown that. So, um, but Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was good to, see him, good to see him have some mo- nice moments. Yep. All right. Well, we'll go for another quick break, mate. Um, and then what do you say we uh, we wrap up from the from the GC? Yeah, we may even just do two minutes of talking about North Melbourne. Oh, yeah, wrap it up, North, and uh, we'll uh, have a chat about those guys. Right, we'll come back after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, next week, mate, we've got North. They yeah. are a dirty, great big shambles at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it's a game that we should win, but, you know, we lost to the team that lost to them. So um, nothing is ever granted in football. Uh, it's still just, Very true. You know, it's 22 versus 22, and if you if you hit your kicks, you hit your kicks, and you're the better side. So it's, it's a team you've got to turn up professionally, uh, we're in the uh, the ugly time frame of the oh, time set of 4.40 Sunday game, the dead, or what I call the dead end game. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's probably the, the, a little bit of North Melbourne there. Uh, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a big game um, because it would be nice to get that fourth win and just get some momentum going into the second half of the year, get yep. some guy, give some guys some hope um, because they've, they've They've actually deserved four wins. That's for me. Like, I think there's games where they should have won. They've, they've deserved a bit of success. So I can really hope we can handle them. But 
we do have to play well. They are going to come in with a bit of confidence. Yeah, um, like these are the ones that I mean, like you said, we we won ugly on the weekend, and we we got, we did what we needed to do to get the job done, and that's the that's one of the signs of a professional club moving forward is when you when you're playing ugly and things aren't going right, and well, we were making mistakes and we're not sort of playing to the top of our ability. If you can still get over the lines in the games that you're in inverted commas supposed to win then it's the sign of a good club when you go out there, you do a job against um, Fremantle and you get over the line. They're a half-decent team. That's a good win. But this one this week has got a bit of danger involved in it in that if we get beaten by North, it just... it's been like three steps forward. If we get beaten by North, it'll be five steps backward because you look at North and you go, they're no good, right? They're, they're just no good at the moment. Mm. So you got to come out as the, as the bombers and just forget um, that they're no good and do and play your game of footy. Don't, don't for a split second get dragged down um, to their level of footy. We, we really want to see a good, clean, dominant, show from the Bombers and put this side away. I'm not saying by 100 points, but I just put North away. They are super fugly at the moment. Put them away and just move on till next week. Yeah, exactly. you got to treat them professionally. You recognise they beat the Hawthorne Football Club uh, and it's not easy to beat Hawthorne down in Tassie. So they've played really well to do it. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, you, so you've got to treat them uh, with uh, respect. you got to you got to understand that they're going to come in or fired up, and you know, because they've they've had a huge relief, right? Because everyone was saying they're not going to win the game for the year, and that would have been so much pressure for them and the coach. It's always so, awful, th- man, when it's on the when it's on the cards that winless season. I don't think I've yeah. I've seen one in a long time, but geez, it's a, it's an awful feeling when you're more than half a chance for that to happen. So yeah, they they will have had a lot of pressure released, and yeah. you never know what they turn out next week. They might turn out with um, just running out and playing because they've got that win under their belt. They can run out and play and potentially give us a scare. So that's what I'm saying. We need professional. Well, the crows did that, yeah. The crows did that last year. They. You know, everyone's saying, oh, they're not going to win, and they won, and then they won the next week because they ran out yeah. all, all fired up. So you, it's, it's, a, it's a classic dangerous game, and it's funny when you talk about our old basketball team analogy. Sometimes, you you know, <laughs> our basketball team, we don't want to – not bragging, but Look, we, we were a lot wildly of grand talented, mate. We were wildly but talented. We, but we were wildly bad when the opposition was wildly bad and turned <laughs> the ball over. We, we got lowered into there. We did. And, and that's – that's the trap of North Melbourne, right? Is if they start turning over the ball and playing ugly, don't get caught up in it. Um, yeah. Be sharp and be on and be energised and hit your target. Uh, and just ignore let... their ugliness and just play to our talent. Like, we should yeah, shine exactly. through and just allow that to happen. Now, um, Devin Smith out for oh. a period of time, I understand. Yeah, and, and it's a good, you know, that it's a good point. Uh, he's out for two or three weeks. It's a good point to raise here because the VFL team played Frankston one by 15 points, right? And, and there's a couple of things that happened here. Uh, one is Ambrose kicked six goals Just too. out uh, of nowhere. Uh, out of nowhere. But you've also got Cahill with 21 possessions and you've got oh, really? Waterman. And then you've got Waterman with 25 possessions. Um, okay. So, so with Devin Smith out as a high forward, right, as a pre- – you've got options. Uh, Waterman, obviously, is a very big option. Uh, Do they still like probably, Ned down back? Well, Ned's been playing midfield in the VFL. So okay. they've been 
put the putting and Waterman played uh, almost like an inside mid. Um, oh, okay. And Maybe got twenty five possessions. Um, and look, as a side note too, um, uh, when we're talking about the mid-season draft, and I think I mentioned Nick uh, O'Kearney uh, yeah. being a possible, and he had 36 possessions in his first game and a goal. <laughs> he's had 26 <laughs> possessions in his in his second game. So he's averaging a nice 30, 31, 32 yeah. possessions in his first two games. And so, um, but it was good win by the VFL guys. <laughs> yeah, so I... I uh, you know, I'm not sure. Obviously, Devin Smith is a, is a fast pressure tackler, so Waterman's not exactly that kind of player. True, but yeah. maybe maybe they rotate a few guys around and bring Waterman in anyway because you you may want to go Langford um, in a different position and have Waterman put, maybe play the stringer slash Smith kind of area of the ground. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they. But the good thing is the the guys are in form, and if, even if you want to bring Ambrose in, but I, I feel like it. It made that makes us too tall with Hooker and um, and yeah, Jones I think, and I think uh, if, jo- if, and if Ambrose comes in, I think it'll be for Harry to have a rest. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, if Harry if Harry has a rest, like they're rested, kind of rested, Nick Cox. Um, if Harry gets for a rest, I reckon they'll bring um, Paddy Ambrose in. But I think I think. Yeah, I think Waterman's slightly ahead of Cahill at the moment because look, we're we're genuinely trying to replace a forward yep. in um in like J- Jakey Stringer. The, the truck came out and said they're not going to replace Stringer with Waterman one for one, but then when you lose another sort of half forward or forward in Devon Smith, you do lose a little bit of firepower down there. And Waterman, when he played, mate, he looked good. Um, he looked good for the club down there. No, no, he didn't. He didn't do much wrong. Did no, he? he didn't do much wrong. So I think there's a there's a player there, and I don't know if they've uh, if they're just thinking about I don't know what they're thinking about with Nettie Cahill now, um, whether or not they're just put him in the midfield. Well, I like some... I like that the, the, the I like that they put him on the ball um, because I think one thing he needed to do is get tougher under around the footy uh, because yeah. I noticed when he played the half back one on one and when the ball was up for grabs. Um, I thought he struggled a bit, if I'm being very, very blunt. Yep. Um, and I think that's forced him because they even talked about his pressure was uh, was really good on the on the weekend around the ball. And I think that's I think that's a smart development for him to to get you know look we're just going to force you we're just going to put you around the footy you got to go in and get it if you want to play go in and get it son and it's a good good way of developing a bit of mongrel in his game because you know when he's up and firing he didn't show it in the seniors which I'm frustrated about. He actually is a fairly good user of the football and he's quite a talented kid. Um, so uh, he, he's, he's definitely not off my radar yet for future, but um, I, I like the way that they're developing him. I think it's, it's I think um, Lee Tudor is doing a smart approach with him. Hey, can I mention one thing just quickly, Grant? No. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, you know our, uh, our friend Caleb Logan, who um, is with the wheelchair Essendon yes, side. Yes, mate, yeah. Um, so look, I just want to send um, a shout out to him. He, he posted a photo. He had a, an injury and it was in hospital from a game <sighs> uh, on the weekend. So I just I don't know the extent of it, but Caleb, um, uh, I just want to make sure uh, from myself and Grant, we just want to send all our care and thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, mate. get well soon. Hopefully for yeah, hopefully for a speedy recovery and um, and look forward to seeing. Seeing you live in person uh, in Absolutely, one of the games. Because so I, just, like I wonder you, want to do that little foot. Yeah. Yeah, mate, like, like you said, and we were very happy to uh, hear him say it, that he's the best player at Essendon. 
Um, and you want to, <laughs> you want, he did say he was very happy. Um, you, you want to see the best players out there on the park again, mate. So, um, from the lunchtime catch up podcast, mate, absolutely get well soon. So that's, uh, that's about it, mate. I've, I'm going to go back to my, um, uh, just lovely long romantic hotel. walks on the beach. Um, get a bit of room <laughs> service. Um, have you got pants on? Like, are you just 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 relaxed <laughs> out on the balcony, just speedos, budgie smugs, and just a beverage? Oh, and you're talking to me. I do. I don't know if anyone else does this. Do, does this, but every C- time careful, I come here, careful, I go. Careful, careful. I go. Why aren't I living in Queensland? <laughs> because it, you just and I get you get caught up in the holiday land. But you go, you see all these like apartments overseeing the uh, overseeing the ocean and just. Anyway, why aren't I living in one of those again? Mate, because <laughs> I'll, I'll give you I'll give you two reasons. Um, the <laughs> the hangar and money. the MCG. Yes, yes. Well, so uh, for my Queensland Essendon folk who listen to the show, I do envy your lovely state. Uh, it, it is quite a magical and so nice, you know. And obviously, the whole state is mar free. Just everyone's walking around, just going to the beach. And, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, all right, we're, we're, we're loving it. All right. Well, we will wrap it up. Um, thank you very much for joining us all the way from the GC. It's the Dons v um, the Kangas on Sunday, 440. Sunday yeah. 4.40. Um, get down there. You're going to be back in time. I'll be there. You'll be there. Yeah, yes, that's right. I come back Friday night. So Beautiful. Um, we will all be there again to see us um, slap the kangas around the place. Uh, so, Scotty, thank you. Thank your missus for letting us uh, for letting you be on the show today. And um, <laughs> we'll head off. All right. Thank you, mate, for uh, for holding up the fort. Well done. No problems uh, at all. And we're, look, we're not, I'm not sure if we'll do the we'll, – if you can do the team show maybe later yeah, in the yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, do the team show for our um, for our Patreons, patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up podcast. If I look if if I'm around and I'm at home, I'll quickly call in for fifteen, twenty minutes and see if I can Yep, contribute you something of sense. Beautiful. Get over to the to the Patreon page if you're uh, not already a Patreon. Um, we do a team selection show on a Thursday. Now that it's back on a Thursday, uh, we do a team selection show and we also do a post game reaction show directly after the game. If we're not at in attendance, yep. then we sort of head home. Maybe do it the next morning or the next uh, day. So a uh, couple of extra shows for our Patreon listeners. Get over there. It's as cheap as three bucks a month. So. All right, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Scotty. We will uh, talk to you very soon. Sounds good, man. All the best. And uh, go Bombers. Go Bombers. Bombers.